The Red Room Theater, Episode 93, The Shining. Welcome to the Red Room Theater, where we watch movies, we love movies, we were raised by movies. We're your hosts, Ernesto Lanese. And Antonio Marino. And before we go any further, here's something I want to say. There's something crazy is happening right now. Something <gasps> crazy happened in the house. Um, because you guys have been so just generous and kind, we bought some new gear. We have new equipment. We have, um, we have the capacity and ability to have more than two people on the podcast. For the first time ever, we have an in-studio guest. I want to introduce the one, the only... Christopher Swanson. What up? Oh. This is a dream come true, yo. We got a guest, dude. We got a guest. Unbelievable. First ever. Dude, I um, can't believe how much stuff we had to sign for this guy. <laughs> no doubt. Clear the schedule. I flew him from New York today. I'm telling you, man. I'm in the studio, the heartbeat. Dang, dude. But you did not fly from New York, USA. did you? I did. <laughs> I did. Dude, you're a shooter. It's crazy. Um, but New we York. Had, I flew in this afternoon. From New York City or New York State? Albany, New York. Oak Albany. That's upstate home. <laughs> it was still New York, man. Um, so what, here's what's going on. We're reviewing a film called The Shining. Uh, uh, this movie is nuts. Before we get into that, we wanted Sounds to have crazy. someone on. Because it, 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 for us, this is our Halloween special. And we wanted someone to come on that could talk to us about some Halloween insanity. Oh, my God. And the Swanson's going to bring the horror tonight. Um, so, And the reason it's such scary horror is it's not like... Ghosts and goblins. This is like real street, horror, like real life horror. Chris yeah. Watson is a Flint. He's a he's a Michigan. Uh, I, can't, I can't say it. There's so many different cops. I don't know which one you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Genesee County Sheriff. Stationed in the city of Flint. Correct. That's where offices. It's the whole county. At, at right now, as of this recording, I'm the under sheriff, which is number two guy. But I've been doing police work since I was 18. Every month we look at one of the movies help raise us up. But well, the movie raised us right, raised us wrong. Today we're going to talk about the movie The Shining and how it taught us to fear fathers and gave us a childlike curiosity to walk through every door. We love having this new segment called Listener Mail. People give us these great questions on Facebook or on uh, wherever. We have a great, great question this month, and this is what it is. Name a great movie you will never watch again. That is a fantastic question. It's inspired really by the Joker. We talked about this movie. It was so intense that it was awesome. I'll watch it again. I, yeah. Um, so, Tony, what do you got for movies that Hold you on. loved? Let's let's ask our guests this question first. Okay. What's a movie that you watched that was amazing, but you have no desire to ever watch it again? Uh, any true story. There's no reason to watch it again. Dude, Schindler's List. True story? By the Holocaust? Why do you have to watch it again? Never Was it a great movie? It is a great... It's Spielberg, dude. And it's probably the most realistic, realistic Holocaust movie ever made. I will never watch it again. Ever. Dang. Never. <laughs> That's pretty solid. I'm right just there. saying. It, it. Like, you watch it, and like this, it's, it's so grotesque. You almost think to yourself, this couldn't have actually happened. This didn't happen in history. But it did. I'm going to watch it again. Gina. What do you got, Tone? Um, right. well, after that, Any true mine's... movie, any true story, you're right. That's a good one. <laughs> Oh, shoot. Dang, dude. <coughs> I blame the Skittles. <laughs> I blame the Holocaust talk. <laughs> oh, okay. <coughs> okay. So, um, 127 hours. 
won't watch that again either. Oh, gr- with never, James Franco, never. Where he gets ever. his arm stuck in the cave. Remember that? Oh, that was too the guy cut his arm bro. off. Yes. Yeah. Dude, that movie was so yeah. well done. Never watch it again. Yeah. What do you got, Tony? Um. Well, mine's not as deep and great That's as Schindler's fine. List, but I one movie that was amazing all the way through with a great actor, the Benjamin Button movie. Never saw wow. it. Wow. It was awesome. I ain't never going to watch that movie again. That's fair. That's fair. It's a dr- dramatic long film, movie. slow, long, good, but kind of boring. Yeah, too, you, know? Um, you know what? Also, I'm thinking Requiem for a Dream. Oof. You ever seen this movie, Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. No. About heroin. It's about heroin use. See, dark movies. I don't do dark movies, man. I, I don't. I, I, I don't watch stressful movies. I don't. I watch Happy Gilmore. It's made by Darren Aronofsky. He's <laughs> a great the, filmmaker. Well, no wonder you've never seen The Joker then. Yeah, not yet. I'm going to. No, but as dark as you get. I heard. But I there's heard. also, not only just true stories or dramatic films or dark movies, there's also some movies that are made for the big screen. Like for me, I went and saw the movie Gravity on IMAX. You see Gravity with George Clooney? Stop asking me these questions, Sorry. bro. Is that Sandra? Sandra Bullock and George Clooney. Was not it good? It. It, dude, listen. I've never I, seen it. it. Have you seen Fracture? I have not. Who's in Fracture? Uh, the uh, psycho killer from uh, Silence of the Lambs. What's his name? Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Anthony, Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Amazing. I think I've seen it. It's a great I've twist. I've seen the cover. Um, but, sticking in Gravity... On the IMAX screen, it was beautiful to behold. Like you were in space. Yeah, I mean, the sound editing, and it was so good on the big screen, I think you'd lose something going to the small screen, yeah. so I won't see it again. It, a similar movie, the original Avatar in 3D. That 3D was so, like, the layer, the in-depth awesomeness, but when you, when you t- go to see it in a movie studio, or at home... Yeah, or in your living room, yeah. It's different than that awesome 3D experience when you saw it in the, in the movie theater. Now... So I, I agree with you 100%, Chris, that those dramatic films, like a Schindler's List movie, some people I know will never see Passion of the Christ again. I will. Really? I watch it every... Man, you, so does he. Good I, Friday. I've, I've only watched it once. I watch I've, it every I've, year. I've, every Good Friday. I've never every watched it again. Friday. I've never watched it I watch it, it every Good Friday. I watch it through the day. Like I watch it in the yes. morning. I watch what? it like according. I watch it according to what time of day it is. I go through the whole story of Christ. I start off Thursday night with the betrayal scene. I watch that Thursday oh, night. Oh, and then stop then, it. Then stop it. So you like uh, I walk through Christ. Watch yes, it. I walk through wow. Christ's steps with that movie every year. Dang, Gina. It gets you. I also remember what it was. You man. are a pastor. Oh, yeah. He, like, listen, knows the listen. <laughs> Sticking some of the scenes he kept special to Christ. Like Peter's betrayal has never. No one will ever get as good as that movie. Got it. I got to tell you the story. I got to tell you the story. Tell the story. Bring it. My, my son, who's sitting here in the studio watching, we went out to Long Beach, California two years ago. Jim Caviezo was a guest speaker there. We're sitting in this huge, gigantic, beautiful country club. And uh, right before he goes up, man, I just got to say hi to him. So take Riley. We go over there. And I said, sir, I said, I know you're with your wife, but I just got to tell you this. What you did for the Christian faith and for all that you gave up to do this movie, I just want you to know that I appreciate it. And my son and I watch this movie every Good Friday. And the best line, we've watched it for years. The best line just came to us this year. I'm telling him this story. He's looking at me like he's sitting down, his wife's sitting here, and I'm on one knee. And he's looking at me, the same kind of look as you see in the movie. And I said, just this year, my son and I, at the end of the movie, I said, what's your favorite line? And he said it. I'm like, that's mine. You know, it's a time where he was carrying the cross and he's walking up the Villa Della Rosa. Behold, I make all things new. That's the one. It's the and best I, line of the movie. It's the best line in the movie. That's the line that he separated his shoulder. And I'm telling you, you talk about chills. As soon as I said that, he looked at me, looked at Riley, and he said the line in 
Aramaic right in front of us. Oh, oh my god. He said the exact gosh. line. Yes, it was unbelievable. It's like I said that's our favorite movie, the favorite line in the movie. He looked at me and he said the line. It was like Jesus said it right there, dude. <laughs> it was crazy. Insane, dude. He's the coolest guy ever. Yes. Is his wife pretty hot? <laughs> oh my gosh. Tony's like, oh, it's getting a little too serious. Grenade. <laughs> All right. So, dude, great question on movies. Who came up with that question? I can't remember who it was. Who you were? You're awesome. I should have wrote it down. It's not in the script. It's not in the script. I don't know. Not in the script. But um, so the movie for the month is The Shining. Okay, Halloween, we do two car movies every year. Did Army of Darkness. You know what's insane? The first year we did this podcast, we did four horror movies. You messed my life up. Handle it. The two's enough for me. Um, the Shining was we had released. We to throw Killer Clowns from Outer Space in there just so Ernesto could get some laughs for the month. <laughs> movie was released May twenty third. I would not be here if you guys did Salem's Lot. I would never do it. What? It's Stephen King. It's Stephen King, dude. I've never seen in my life. You should watch Lords of Salem by Rob Zombie. Have you ever seen Salem's Lot, Tony? Are you? You kidding gotta go me? and watch it? it. Who cares who's in it? That little kid takes his Lego cross as the vampires tapping on the window. It's the scariest <laughs> scene ever. And then the one guy oh who digs up the grave and he flips open the casket and that thing jumps out and grabs him. Salem's Lot is the scariest movie ever. <laughs> Stupid, I'm about to watch it now, dude. <laughs> the Lego cross is oh, scary. If, yes. I, if I've never seen a movie. He takes off his Lego ship, dude. It was scary. Uh, listen, I need Chris's reviews of movies I've never seen to make me want to watch a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Do it. I dare you. Did you see it, Riley? Dang, Gina. Do you like scary movies? That's my favorite, dude. Okay, so <laughs> released May 23rd, 1980, okay? That's Woo- crazy. Has an 85% Rotten Tomatoes. It's not bad. Directed by the one and only Stanley Kubrick. Now, not everyone loves Kubrick, but me and Tony have a, have appreciation for this director. He made one of the greatest war movies of all time, Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. That- Full Metal Jacket captures... <laughs> the first the half mo- of that movie is... Perfect. There's the two is, movies in one. There is two the movies is, in one. This is the thing about Kubrick. Kubrick makes movies, and you like you watch us uh, 2001 Space Odyssey feels the same way. It feels like two movies in one movie. But when you watch it, you realize it's telling. For him, the story's not as important as the feeling he's creating. Yeah. And The Shining is all about that. The Shining Jeez. is about the feeling, not the story. Because stories make any sense. Like the last scene with the picture doesn't make any sense. My wife goes, "What does that mean?" I'm like, "I don't know what that means. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything." Um, I was like, "Was he there in the past?" I'm like, "No, babe. It just, it just, it's the feeling." That was weird. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that <laughs> we'll get to because it. all the people in the ballroom and he's there. Right. That's crazy. It's, listen, Kubrick. <laughs> What's the last time you seen The Shining, Chris? Uh, I saw it about a year and a half ago. Okay, but I, I didn't watch the whole thing. Right. I still, I no, I just, I don't like him, dude. It, it's he ugh. is an animal in that movie. Like you want to talk about acting ability? Yeah. We'll get, we'll get He's Addison. unbelievable. Okay. Yes, role. yes. Oh. But Kubrick does it. He likes creating this feeling, and he uses film to create this emotion in you. He did a movie called Doctor Strange Love. You ever see that one, Tony? No. It's a black and white. Um, Doctor Strange Love is an incredible film. Also called How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bomb. It stars Peter Sellers, Pink Panther guy, the cake, and also George C. Scott. The movie is fire, dude. It's so funny. How old is it, dude? It's gotta it's old. be seventies, six early sixties. Dang, Gina, dude, you know who's in it? A young James Earl Jones. Shut like, up, young. Like young he's Vader. pre-Conan, before Conan, James Earl Jones. What was he, the snake dude? Yeah, the snake uh, god. Dang, dude. He's always looked old, though. Strange Love, or not Strange Love, Kubrick creates, he also did a movie called Clockwork Orange, a film oh I will gosh. never see again. Well, I'll tell you what, though, 
I watched it, and I was like, man, this movie's so crazy and so stupid. Then I watched it again, like a week later, and I was like, I kind of see because of the time it came out. I mean, it's insane. Like, it, if it came you out, you see Clockwork Orange. You asked me again. No, you, I did not. You would hate I, it. Don't watch it. Oh. You would hate it. It's yeah. about evil and, un- it's and about, unlawfulness. Yeah, I don't like that. It's and it almost glorifies it. Yes, it does. And it's mm. like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'd rather so watch uh, Kubrick. Is, he also Uncle, did. I'd rather movie. watch Uncle Drew. <laughs> Uncle Drew. <laughs> 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 it's movie's incredible. It was um, amazing. So dude. he also did a movie we didn't watch called Eyes Wide Shut. Who didn't watch? I watched it. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> We don't. Who's we, fool? Like, I assume. We didn't watch it. Maybe and you and Chris, we. <laughs> Me and Riley seen it. I was playing. <laughs> so, um, Kubrick. That movie's wild, bro. <laughs> Kubrick, the, the guy. We'll get into him a little bit. So that's a director. The plot is very simple. The, 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 it's not simple, but the plot in in the movie version, not the novel. Like, and we, it's known that Stephen King does not like Kubrick's movie of his book, because the book, The Shining. And the movie The Shining are not the same story. Like basically, Kubrick took this idea King had and just made it his own. Just took it and made it his own. Okay. Um, the plot in the stinking movie is really the main character is the father. Yeah. Like Nicholson's the main character. It's well, about it out with him going to a job interview. Exactly. It's he is the center of the story. And like the wife and kid are in it, but the shining book is about the boy Danny. Yeah. Um it's about his power of the shining. Where in the movie, the, sh- the power that, that, is at the center. There's barely anything, and that that with him and the caretaker should have had a huge part, but they didn't. And I feel like Doc, uh, Doctor Sleep is going to take more yes. of a role on that. Yes, it will. So um, the plot is a man driven crazy by an evil hotel, while his psychic son tries to survive the hotel's evil. That's kind of the the movie. Um, but how it's, it's, it's made in 1980, Tony. What do you think? How does it hold up? All these years later, Dude, watching it, it's incredible. It's the um, the hotel being so old. All the stuff that's in there, the furniture, the paint, the paintings, the artwork today looks great because the, everybody's into that kind of stuff today. All the, uh, like stuff from back in the day is coming around again. Yes, it is, and like it's it's kind of like um, it almost looks like a vintage thing. Like I, oh, I can see a hotel doing that purposely right now. Yep. But as far as um, a movie, the acting is unbelievable. The story. I crazy. used to always think Shelley Duvall wasn't a good actress. She was. Man, great. you didn't see Popeye. Shoot. You know what I'm saying, but she was. She. I felt like she was a woman trying to appease her man, mm-hmm. but love her son, and she's told me between these two things, and I, I felt so bad for her because she's. Yeah. She, 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 He's so good at gaslighting her. He's so good at making her feel guilty. She wonders if it's her fault sometimes. Yeah. But he's a horrible person, dude. <laughs> when she comes up to talk to him and he's working, is the most uncomfortable scene I've ever seen in my life. That was the most like, poor girl just wants to go talk to her husband. She's bored. She's bored. They're in a hotel and they're, they're snowed in, stuck. She goes, uh, "Snow's coming today." Yeah, weather says uh, weather forecast says snow's coming. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> like, dang. Dude. I think it holds up incredibly. Now the cast is very small. We, uh, the child actor is fantastic. He does. Child actors can kill a movie. Remember Star Wars uh, Episode One? Yeah. That kid did terrible. What is that kid? What is he from? Jake Lloyd. He was in um, Arnold Schwarzenegger Christmas movie Sinbad. Oh, Jingle all, all the way. Jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Was, Jingle all the way was that, dope. That, that was dope. That, uh, that kid I who plays that movie. It was a great movie. I like the movie a lot. Hollywood, but the, Phil Hartman. Dude. <laughs> Phil no. Hartman. All these cookies. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's in the shower. You want me to go get her? No. 
Sinbad was great, too. And so was uh, stinking Tom Arnold, a.k.a. Tom Belushi. Arnold. No, John Belu- Jim Belushi. He was the best. I say Tom wait, Arnold. Wait, wait, wait. What? No, Jim sorry. Jim Belushi. He was... Oh, the 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 backroom Santa. Yeah, the backroom was, Santa. Was, yeah, he was yeah. dealing the toy. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, that's right. He sold the Chinese. Ah, yeah, yeah, and the that, Santas that. come out to jump Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. And he takes those. Forgetting sh- he's the stinking Terminator. Then a huge <laughs> Santa comes out. But uh, the midget Santa. That movie's awesome, dude. Why did I say Tom Arnold? Dang. I don't know, but when you said True it, lies. I pictured him in it. Yeah, there you go. True yeah, lies. True lies. Oh, that's Arnold it. Yeah, that's it. But um, Steakin, um, the kid. Is not in Star Wars ruins the whole movie. He's a terrible Anakin. The kid in this does a good yeah, job. He's awesome. Does a really good job with his uh, uh, pumpkin pie haircut. <laughs> it's it's the eighties. What are you gonna it's, do? Uh, do this? I had a bowl cut my first like seven cuts. I know. There's that one barber across the street from the that's party store up north in UP. Remember that barber? Oh, yeah, I remember. And he gave us the bowl cut every time. Well, in the summers he'd shave it, man. They make us get <laughs> buzz cuts. Dude. I hated that old man. I had a goofy, stinking, shaved head. I, yeah, that old man was mean, dude. He was mean. Okay. Anyways, uh, beat him down, dude. Um, a ninja flip him out of his wheelchair. So Shelley Duvall was great. She we know her from Popeye. The only movie I know her from is Popeye, which her and William Williams is in it, and I really enjoyed that movie. Love that movie, dude. It's, Williams, Robin Williams is a great Popeye. But we're getting to the main course right now. Is Jack Nicholson? That guy. He's an actor. He's a real actor, dude. He's unbelievable. This movie made me think he was a real jerk in real life, like insane. I'm like, where did this? Where did he find this person? Where did he find this level of just hatred? Like he hates them. Like you feel he's trying to like be nice. Dude, when he tells the story of dislocating his son's shoulder, that's insane. To the bartender. To the bartender. Yeah, like it was the kid's fault. Yep. And he's he's been how long has he been sober? A year. Yeah. And he, the bartender pours him a drink. And he's dude, that's crazy. That sequence of the bartender that is scene fantastic. Where he sits at the bar and all the bottles are gone. There's nothing there. <laughs> and the camera. And then all this, yeah, the camera pans. And, ca- and pans and back. And all the bottles are there. And there's a guy that goes, what's the, what's the bartender's name? I can't I remember, remember what his name. But he just he's like, he's got a cool name, though. And he just says, hey. And he just yeah. starts talking to him like, like, you're going crazy. There's a bartender here in an empty hotel. You're talking to him. You fell off the wagon and there's nothing here. <laughs> that's crazy. But there is something there. I know. What's great about this movie is you wonder for a little bit, is he just crazy or is there really something happening? And you don't really know until they let him out of the freezer. Then you know there's something really happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not just in his head because these things unlock the sticking lock and he gets out. <laughs> then you know there's something happening here, dude. Dude, when she blasts his head with the bat, bro. Dude, I love he just goes, oh. He's like, babe, on? give me the bat. You didn't let me finish. So I can bash your brains in. Like, Honey, oh. light of my life. <laughs> What's the grossest head bat bashing scene ever? Casino. Untouchables. Untouchables. Give me it. That's it. Untouchables. Casino with Joe no Pesci. Listen, they, Untouchables. Are you with his reason, round table? Listen, that's horrible. But the so reason Untouchables sound. is so brutal is because it's the sound. The sound of it. It's like it's a wooden bat. <laughs> Pesci gets killed with a steel bat. <laughs> that was is, that was. I'm dude, telling you, when, though, when he, they, they, he has to watch his brother get beaten, and they, they just the, the sound of those steel bats hitting his body Please. is so gross. Remember Casino in the Casino? They I'm bury, telling you, nothing like, beats that one. He's still alive. First thing he's he hits still me. Alive. Yeah. <laughs> they, just, they throw him in there. Him, his brother still alive. Thanks they bury for letting him. Let me relive that. It's a team. It's a team. <laughs> team. 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 <laughs> team. And that one guy, as soon as the first, he just like yeah, he just grimaces like. 
What can we do? It's Al Capone. <laughs> Dude, that. Oh, dang it. Don't bring two up to scene. one. You guys got me. In the, yeah, the baseball I, I don't bet. even like thinking about that scene. Dude, I got I got to lay this trivia piece out for you. Do you it. talk about the bar scene, okay? What other movie was recorded at that bar scene? What are you talking about? At the Shining Bar? Uh huh. Holy cow! I, I think I got it. Swingers. Nope. Dang it! Swingers is in L.A. Fool. <laughs> but there's this one scene with a beautiful uh, lit bar in the background. You guys are gonna freak out. Hold on. Is How it... the crap do you know this? Yeah, seriously. Because I was there, bro. In Colorado. Hundred percent. Estes Park at the Shining Hotel. No. Is it crazy? It's crazy. The whole thing is crazy. And at the bar scene, there was another movie that you guys know hands down was filmed at that bar. Hold on. Let me think. We're not gonna get it, Tony. You're not. It's a comedy. What the crap? <laughs> dude, well played. What do you got, yeah, dude? Come I, on. I, I'm not going to be able to get it. Lloyd, Harry, Dumb Dumb and Dumber. Dumber was filmed. Same there. bar. Same bar, same hotel. With the Hooters? What? Yes. Oh, that is that hotel. Yes. Oh, my God. We landed on the moon. I was going to say, we landed on the moon. <laughs> That's Isn't crazy. That crazy, dude. We went to Estes Park, and you, you know what? As soon by. as he said that, I pictured the front steps when yep. they got out of that Lamborghini. That's it. That's Same the hotel. hotel. That's the hotel. That's cr- and that's where they stayed. Did I bring were some value? Were they wiping what? their eyes with the hundreds? Yes. Oh my god. Yes, dude. That's amazing. And the bar, the bartender that's giving him the beer, because remember he's waiting all day for the girl. Yeah. The FBI agent shows up, and uh, all it's the same bar background as in The Shining. That's insane. I gotta watch it again. <laughs> That's crazy. I gotta yeah. watch it again so I can see that. Yeah. That's amazing. Holy cow. Blew our minds. Nicholson, now, Tony, you are, for a long time, he was your number one actor. He was your favorite for a long time. Um, what are your favorite three performances by Jack Nicholson? Your Shining. Shining. <clears throat> Joker. The first Batman with Keaton. 89, yep. And uh, A Few Good Men. Bam, bam, bam. Amazing. He. Owns the screen in all three of those movies, even more so than the like Shining. He's the star. There's scenes of him and Michael Keaton where he totally eclipses Michael Keaton. There are few good men. He totally eclipses Tom. He's in four scenes and he's second billing in that movie because he's incredible, dude. When he when he's dogging his boy about (laughs) about them joining together and then he just climbed faster. What's yours? I might have to throw in, Cuckoo, dude. Cuckoo's Nest. He was pretty sweet in that one. I, I you're, gonna, you're gonna hate me forever for this one. Don't say about Schmidt. About Schmidt. Eggs him a gross, <laughs> dude, dude. About Schmidt. I, I can't think of anything but Kathleen Turner or not Kathleen Turner. Kathy Bates. <laughs> Kathy Bates is naked in a hot tub in that movie. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Radio edit. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. That, listen, I, I don't watch it for that part, okay? <laughs> um, it's about an old man who has wasted his life, and his wife dies, and he's just this old, miserable guy alone. So he goes on this kind of journey to try to find himself, and he's like 80. He's like 75 years old. And through the whole movie, he has a Compassion International kid. And so the, the, the structure of the movie is him writing the kid letters as he goes on this journey. At the very end of the movie, after the journey brings nothing to his life, he comes back home. And there's a letter from the kid. Because he's wrote like five letters, five six letters of the kid. And he reads the letter and just starts weeping. And the movie ends on his, on his him crying. Because he's got this, I did nothing. Only thing I did in my life that was of value was I, I gave this kid $32 a month. Oh, my God. It, it's, it's a cr- Okay, now let me ask you this. Because I've never finished about Schmidt. Now, one thing that we do, Red Room Theater, we judge actors about how good they can cry. 
How was that? He burned it down crying. Amazing. I mean, like Robert De Niro silver lining playbooks. Yes, I was, I was gonna say that exact exact Did thing. You see silver lining playbooks? No, no. He's I not know. a movie guy. He's not a movie. I am guy. some kind of movie guy. I'm not just, just, just. I mean, you guys just blew us up. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, just a movie guy right here. Yeah, yeah. he's a comedy guy. Fair? Happy Gilmore. Yeah, I love comedy. Right. I love that stuff. I love true stories. I love that stuff. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it back. Okay. Too bad this fool uh, talked about Billy Madison this sermon today. It was so funny. Dude. Oh, that's I, right. I, I Don't say down. it. Don't say it the best line, but Billy Madison's great. Dude, yeah. I quote Tommy Boy's great. I did Black the Steve Buscemi putting makeup on line, dude. <laughs> <laughs> about apologizing we picked on when we were young. <laughs> oh, gosh. So here's a, back it up. Swanson, as, 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 a, as a guest, it was a tradition where to start today. Give us your top three favorite movies in your life. Shawshank Redemption. I love Boom! It. You're in. Happy Gilmore. All right. I mean, I dig it. Dark Knight. Dark Knight? I can watch it every... <laughs> I watch all the time. The Absolutely. Heath, Heath, Heath Ledger. Ledger. Yeah. I mean, it's good. I like it. <laughs> Dude, Shawshank is solid. So, yeah. Shawshank, anytime. Anytime. Anytime it's on TV. If, yep. I sit, if it's AMC or something, I sit on. I'm like... I gotta sit and watch it until this part comes. Yeah, I end up watching the whole thing. But movie. I can't do three, just like Escape from Alcatraz. Same thing. You can watch that anytime. Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah watch it anytime. Um, that's a that's a solid that three, is, dude. That's good. Three. Solid. That is yeah. good. You didn't say a movie I hated, so dude, so, yeah, solid. You're in. Solid. You go. You're in. Okay, that's impressive, dude. So here's some things. Tombstone. Dark. Tombstone's one. Oh, Sorry. Tombstone's one that will I will always watch yeah, yeah. anytime. Yeah. I know that that scene's coming up with Billy Bob. I'm like, I'm sitting right here and watching. I gotta watch that scene. There is not a scene in movie history where someone gets punked that bad. No, that's amazing, dude. I mean, punked, slapped in the face, multiple, and your arm with a gun. Yeah, and you're getting slapped. And the guy's telling you to pull it. He's daring <laughs> you to pull his gun. That's right. <laughs> and then he grabs him by the ear, and throws him out. Dude, incredible. Also, that was really his stash, and that makes me love him. That stash was incredible. That stash, I can't do that. Dude, I'm telling you, that was, even though he's in the same movie, that's a Sam Elliott level stash. Yeah. Truly is. Could you do that stash, Tony? Hell no, I couldn't do that stash. You grow good hair. Yeah, but you got to grow it, and then you got to, you got to, because. Tame it. Yeah, that's the thing. Because you get these uncomfortable things that stick it out. You got to, you got to get the beard oil, and then you got to comb it down, let it grow. I could do it. It'd probably take six months. I'd go crazy trying to fix it. (laughs) Dang. Is that a challenge? No, I'm not. I'm not. Ch- Listen, I'm going western. Would, don't do it. Don't. It do would it. look so dumb on me. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd look better with a Fu Manchu, dude. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you would. Dude, it would look, you'd be a hipster and a half, dude. And I'm you're like, not oh, white. I'm moving to Ferndale, <laughs> and I'm getting a hover around. <laughs> <laughs> Pull up in your sticking Prius, me. <laughs> oh man. Get out of my semi and get in a Prius, and that'd be some stuff. Okay, so. The other guys, a Prius. Remember, I remember the other guys' movie where he Movie's goes over amazing. and he goes over. And he meets uh, he meets Will Ferrell's wife. What's her name? Mendez. Oh, Eva, her, Men- Eva Mendez. Oh my gosh, she's like, whoa, 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 what is this? What is this? <laughs> Great. It's like Sorry, it's the old ball the and chain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she used to be better looking. When she was <laughs> that part of the movie. <laughs> Dude, the whole gator don't play scene <laughs> is the most amazing. <laughs> the other guys is a great comedy. Is, Maybe the is. best of the decade. Death hey. pop. Aim for the bushes. What'd you just do? Aim for the bushes. Aim for the bushes. <laughs> I just did my first death pop. <laughs> <laughs> and it looks so proud and he gets of a wooden gun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we gotta get Shush, back to okay. uh, 
So listen. That is a great movie, dude. When it comes did to did not get his permit for the scaffolding. Um, when it comes to this movie, I'm gonna tell you something right now. From the from the word go, from the opening shot of The Shining, uncomfortable sits in. When the camera's just going over, the, it's going over a stream. Mm -hmm. Oh, talk about a beautiful landscape shot. But I'm saying this is one of the first horror horror movies ever made with a completely uh, what do you call it? Orchest orchestral soundtrack. They did a full-on band to do the soundtrack. And so it starts off, it's just that music as mm -hmm. the camera's panning. And you're like, I don't know what I feel, but I'm uneasy. Like, I, I, like it's just landscape. Yeah. It, there's nothing scary. There's no cobwebs. There's no lightning. It's the broad, broad daylight in the mountains of beautiful Colorado. But you feel like something bad is happening. And it goes to the car, and you're just like, what? And that's, that, that feeling of unease is there through every scene. It's great. Yeah, it is. There's, there's like a job interview. There's that feeling, that undertone. It's like... Something bad is happening here. How about when he's got to tell the guy the story? He's got to tell Jack Nixon the story about the guy that went crazy. Killed his wife and kids. This, I don't know how he able to keep. And like my wife's watching the movie. She's like, she, she's trying to figure out the story. And she's like, there is no real story here. I'm like, it's about the feeling. He creates this atmosphere. And you are getting to come to love these kind of movies. Movies like, um, what's the one you watch with the cult in Sweden? Midsommar. You oh like these gosh. movies like The Witch and this that create, it's not so much the jump scare, it's, it's the it, tension. It creates this environment where you're yeah. living in this world and you're like, something's wrong, something's off kilter, and I know it, and I'm. I can't look away. I, I, it, 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 and Kubrick really creates that thing. That is what the Joker did too. Yes, it did. You are like, there were some scenes where I, if I could have walked outside for a minute, take a break. That's like the passion. We talked that one scene. You got to take it in pieces. That's a movie you got to watch That's in pieces. That's why I can't, I can't watch it every year, dude. That movie. Could you watch Joker again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have to be in the right mood for doing it? I think oh, so, sure, dude. For sure, Okay. So, um, I, 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 so Kubrick, this film. I'm, I'm say, one thing I'm saying about this is that the soundtrack is fantastic. A lot of the soundtrack is literally not music. It's just noises. Mm -hmm. He's like doing like almost like springs. And it's just creating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The strings, the quick strings. Yeah, it's weird. He's just creating this, 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 this dread, this unease. Like Angie's watching the movie. She's like, I'm not scared, but I feel uncomfortable. And he does a great job making that feeling. The camera work in this film is phenomenal. Because it's, it's not quick shots. Like, you walk through hallways and hotels. You feel the bigness of the hotel. Uh -huh. By allowing you to, like, instead of just, like, I'm here, well, now I'm here. He walks the whole way mm. through. And you, you feel this is big, empty, You want to talk about so uh, sounds in that movie. <gasps> big wheel on the carpet in the hardwood floor. Oh, I insane, dude. Dude, that, that sound is scary. It just, it's, it's like so hardwood scary. carpet. And, and you're just like, don't do this, man. Don't do this. Don't, yeah. don't walk around these hotels by yourself. It is crazy. It's crazy. But that sound engineering is fan that sound it's yeah. fantastic. Um, the cam work, there'll be a whole scene done in one take. And they'll, they're like, two people will be walking, and the camera will be like walking with them, and they'll go behind a staircase, and they'll, it just, you see yeah, the yeah. wall, and then it catches back up with them. And it's, it just, you get the feeling of how large this space is, how empty this space is. And the little kid walking around, it just helps create this feeling of scariness because it's a big empty hotel. But just the thought of being here alone is scary all by itself. Mm. Kubrick. Dude, what can your mind do to you in a place that big and you're by yourself? That's cabin fever. I think it's a real thing, right? Yeah. 
That's why all these directors do that stuff and let your imagination create the horror. They don't need mm-hmm. to do it. In my your imagination, yep. you'll scare yourself more than Dude, they can. That's what happened with the first Blair Witch. It don't show you anything, but you in your mind is so creative. You create You're your own terrified, story. Yeah. That's kind of genius. It they is. Don't, they don't have to come out of pocket crazy to make you scare yourself. And some movies, actually, I heard I heard a guy say, remember that uh, the recent scary movie called A Quiet Place? Yeah. With uh, Krasinski? Um, with, I know, hated it, but keep going. But someone said, because you see the monster in the very first scene. Yeah, I had a lot of friends it. say, because I saw him opening scene, I, could, I knew what he was, I wasn't scared of him. Yeah. And you said, at the end of... The, they go hiking in Norway or hiking. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what is that? Called? Opening scene: the buddy dies in the the party store. Yeah, yeah, yeah brutal. And they go, they go hiking, hiking in the yeah. woods and get lost. But they show the monster at the end, and you say it takes away all the fear when you see it. The fear yeah, is because it's whack. <laughs> well, a lot of monsters. Yeah, are whole, whack. I'll tell you, leading up to that, it was most incredible. You were you were all the way. Some yeah. monster, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm clear. Said, man, I'm be able to go to sleep tonight, man. Shoot. Well, my wife, we watched Stephen King's It, the, the, the two part VHS, and the first part. When she, it's just a clown and it's scaring the kids. She had nightmares. Which was part two. And it was a little spider thing. She goes, oh, I'm not scared no more. She saw the spider. No, actually, she was like, why didn't you just let me watch the second part last night? It what if a- you were watching that and a red ball come rolling? Yes, yeah, shut your oh, that's happened to us. I know. I remember the episode, man. man. We listened to it like 10 times. She In the water pipe. In the water pipe, yeah. dude. Oh. Yeah, where you can't go nowhere. You're in that pipe. <laughs> we were much smaller people back then. Yeah, we were. But be like stink. <laughs> <laughs> like Homer Simpson eating that forbidden donut, being sucked into hell. He doesn't fit in the portal. <laughs> I love. I'm watching the, 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 like the, straight up Augustus on Willy Wonka. Dude. <laughs> dude, that's a good pull. <laughs> Um, it's like just like slowly yeah. the pressure just <laughs> pushing up through the chocolate pipe too. Oh, that's funny. We're all eating skittles. <laughs> but um, um, so this movie, as far as a film, it is it's a masterpiece on a lot of camera work, sound editing, soundtrack, acting, the feeling of Dreddy creates on all these levels. He is killing it a thousand percent. And again, his goal is to create a feeling. The story, like the last shot with him, is he in the past? Is he from the past? It doesn't tell you. Yeah. There's no answers. There are no answers. That is crazy. When he's just in the stinking, looking suave in that suit. Right. Crazy. And my wife was like, so what is, she's asking me, she's like, so is the hotel evil? Is is it Danny? And I'm like, in the book it tells you that Danny's psychic powers is a fuel. They barely touch on that. It's a, like, in the book, the hotel has evil in it. That's why people have been dying. Yeah. But when Danny brings his shining power there, the hotel feeds on it and makes it stronger at the end of the book. Because Danny's power so much, it's starting to manifest physically. Like it, it, it's gaining strength throughout the entire winter. That's why at the end in the movie, Shelley Duvall sees people, mm-hmm. sees that person with the, the dog mask, sees like That's crazy. Crazy. And That's it straight up. It doesn't tell you why. It just it's like my wife's like, who's that? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like that was nasty. Like there were some nasty scenes. Nasty. Like, yeah, you're like nasty. Like rich people nasty. Rich white people, dude. Eyes white shut nasty. Yeah. It, it, straight up. How would you know, dude? I've read conspiracy theory stuff. I know. Um, rich people and their stinking things, man. Don't get me started. Okay, no, 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 no. Yeah. So, go down a hole, so, dude. So, but in, How about the first time you see the sisters? Randomly. The twins, dude. Listen, 
How did they get that blood to come out of that sticker hole? Because uh, this would be four digital. I don't know, There's but no I was editing. watching that. There comes out the elevator shaft, and I'm like, furniture moving. I mean, there that is coming out. How are they? That's an that, amazing that scene. Blood. How did they get it come out correctly? Yeah, how the way it, it's coming through the cracks. And it's the it's amazing. And it blowing through that amazing. hallway. I'm like, how do they do? It? How do they film this? You know, I heard Shelley Duvall, like the Kubrick, the director, would just deny her rest. He wouldn't let her take breaks. He wouldn't feed her just to get her all worked up. So when she their scenes, she'd really just be emotionally exhausted. She was like, there, I was on a mission, uh, mission trip to Arizona. We worked on an Indian reservation. And uh, our buddy Chris Doak, he was the singles pastor. And there was a girl that was exhausted. And she just had a breakdown. She lost it. And it was just me, her, because she was painting with me. And Chris came up to talk to us and she just broke down. And like she was trying to laugh. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just really tired. And like the way Chris handled it was so unbelievable, but that is a real thing. When you're exhausted, you cannot control your emotions. And to, to watch that meltdown, it totally makes sense how Shelley Duvall pulled off that that acting. Like she looked like she like when she had the bat, oh my gosh. She was trying to get him to get away from her. That was insane, dude. Listen, I want to say let me say she's kind of a weak woman. She used to hit him with a baseball bat, drug his dumb self to the pantry, locked him in. That's yep. a good woman. You ain't lying. She like, had a son to take care of. She, she actually, like, she's, even though he had her so spooked, she still dropped him yep. and dragged him in. And think, dude, she had to drag him in and walk past him. That's bull. That's yeah. brave. Like, she's not a weak woman. She may be emotionally fragile. Dude, when she tells a story to the counselor of how her husband About spoke, how it was an accident. There's so much denial in there. Yeah, oh, yeah. And you probably cops see this a thousand times. People talk, like, trying to make excuses for oh, their was the kids abusive called? husbands. Why? Oh, yeah, all the time, yeah. Why Everybody. he pulled her, her, his son's shoulder out of stinking socket. Like, she's like, oh, you know, it's just a way dad goes to the know, kid a hundred times. Just, you know, just picked him up because he spread his papers all over the floor. And you're just like... And you feel it in even the counselor's face. When, when she's telling the story, did you not immediately put yourself in the kid's position? Like, just but being ball, a kid. I've been scooped up like that. Well, that's, that's why I said, because we had some piece of shit stepdads so we were young. <laughs> being, just being a kid, and you just did something that annoyed them, and they smacks you up for it. So when watching this movie is different for me. We'll get to that and raise this, raise this right, raise wrong. So, okay, stop. So, we have a thing called Patreon, okay? Patreon.com slash Theatre. And we say, listen, if you want to help the show out, listen, you guys bought this new equipment for us. You guys have been helping us. We actually have a new piece of swag we just put in the order for. We, we, we got the estimate for. We can wait one more month. We can buy it in November. We are buying Red Rum Theater sweatbands, dude. Oh, yeah. Headbands <laughs> for the gym. <laughs> for the gym, dude. That's going to be sick. Sweatbands. It's going to be sick. It's going to be in Red Rum, Red Rum Theater right on the top. Dude, it's going to be. I have, are we doing different colors? Uh, you gotta, we can black do and white? What do you want to do, red or black? What do you think? What do you think? I think red and black, man. So is it? That's your theme. Is That's it your logo? red with a with a black logo? Well, what's your red? No, it's got to be black with a red logo. Black with a red logo. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There it is. Okay. Yeah. But we're getting that, and you guys have made all this stuff possible. So thank you guys for giving. I forgot we're doing that. That's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be okay. I can't wait to wear at the gym, dude. Looking like stinking Jane Fonda, dude. I'll be like, dude, we gotta make some stinking wristbands and ankle bands. <laughs> 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 and then I can wear some pants like the ones Chris is wearing tonight, dude. <laughs> You noticed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I did. 
He must work out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can see all the curves. You have to excuse my friend here. I can, <laughs> I can, I can see all the curves of that booty, dude. <laughs> dude, you're so stupid. Uh, he, always, <laughs> he always says that I have no butt. You, I don't, it's a you don't joke. have a butt, dude. <laughs> so my kids, I'm, I call my daughter. I said, like, get your little butt over here. She goes, well, get your big butt over here. The nest is like, well, daddy don't got a butt. <laughs> it's because of you. Is saying that? Because you talking Tony. that trash. And he's like, that's true. Uncle Tony says he doesn't have a butt. I'm like, I have a butt. It's like, no, it's just flat. <laughs> oh, it's all on you. Dude, one time, one time they went, my daughter and my wife went to the, the ballet. And every, all the ballet dancers are just muscular, right? Oh, yeah. So with their, with their leotards, dancing, dude. And I guess Lita said to uh, my wife, she's like, "Mom, it's like all these dentists have beautiful butt cheeks." <laughs> Bless her heart. <laughs> and Angie's like, "I know." <laughs> That's why we're at the ballet. That's why Daddy ain't here. What Daddy don't know can't hurt him. <laughs> She's like, hey, honey, put these in your jeans. <laughs> you see those, like, those form-fitting things that dudes wear? Put these two can hams in your jeans. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <coughs> patreon.com patreon.com If you want to give a dollar episode to the show, we'd appreciate it big time. Thank you for generosity. You guys make the world go round for us. Thank you so much for supporting the show. You got us to 100, and we're, we're going to start getting to our next goal for 150. So thank you so much for all that. Now, raise this right, raise this wrong, and then we're getting to our second Halloween horror story. So raise this, uh, raise this wrong. This movie made me afraid of men, dude. Nicholson, as I think, watch him, I think of stepdads, dude. Yeah, like, which is crazy because this is his real dad. Real, the way... He's like always has that anger seething behind the yeah. surface. Oh, dude, the car ride? He was annoyed by every question. Every and the kids are talking to his dad. Yeah. And as a as a younger girl. When's the last time you seen that one, Chris? Ah, that's when tough, the, they're man. in the car. I know, man. Every time the kid says anything, you could see in his face, like, shut up. Leave me alone. Yeah. And what's awful is like for a while, as a, in, growing up. I was afraid of men. Like, I just thought all men are evil, all men are violent, and I just wanted to be away. You know what's crazy? is I, When we would stay with Grandma and Grandpa, I was even scared of Grandpa Benny, and he was awesome. But it was just something instilled in us as young kids to be scared of men and always trust Mom, Mom. and Grandma. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it, 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 and a movie like this didn't help. This movie you watch, you're like, they are all bad. They're all crazy. They're all just, they're going to go nuts. They're going to hit you. And I'm not like and I used to be a point where I when I went to college. I'd be afraid to talk to professors because I assumed like if they if they, got, if they got at all loud, I'd just back down. And I had to get past like no, they're just men. Men are sometimes like we had a professor come and he wanted to be known as a jerk. He wanted like scare everyone to shut up. And I realized oh this guy's just doing an act. He's just being an idiot, a jerk to stinking like. I actually got in a lot of trouble because um, we had lunch one day and uh, no one would eat with him. So I went and ate with, sat down and ate with him. He's like, Ernesto, tell me, what do you think of uh, my class? And I'm like, oh, it's good. He goes, what well, do you think I'm doing with the students? And I, I, and I was just, I thought, I liked the guy. I thought he made me laugh how mean he was, maybe even how it was funny. And I, I was trying to give him a compliment. And I was like, well, dude, you're kind of a prick, but I like you a lot. And his, and I'm at a Bible college, dude. His face, bro, he looked, he looked so offended. And I was like, 
compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Just this little punk from Flint, dude, calling him out. He didn't take it that way, did he? No, he really, <laughs> really was offended. I'm like, I thought you were trying to be mean. <laughs> I think that's just the way he was. Um, oh, my God. But for a long time, I was very nervous around men. When men got angry, I would kind of almost like withdraw a little bit. But I just had to get past that. You know. But this movie... You just think this is how men are. And Jack does such a great job of that thing seething. Even when he's walking up the stairs at his wife and mm-hmm. he's mad, but he's not screaming. Yeah. He's just kind of making he's her just, feel dumb. Yeah. He's, he's advancing on her. Like, yes. Like, I'm going to hurt you. He's like, I'm going to bash your head in. Yeah. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your head in. Like, and, he's, and you're like, this is. That scene is the most uncomfortable scene. He's so he's smiling I when know. he's saying it. I, I, I love it. Light of my life, <laughs> the way he says it. Like I'm like, you are crazy. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That is insane. Do you remember that? I do. That one I do. Yes. Every page Every of a novel. Every page, and it's crazy because I, you're a writer. I'm not, but you can see he's formed. Yeah. It's a paragraph. It's not just yeah, one line it's repeated. Like legit, how you're supposed to do it, but it's just the same line. That's insane. When she starts reading it, and she, 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 she's just shaking, like, like, oh no, please don't say it. She's realizing my she husband crazy. is nuts. Yep. He's gone. And it's so, only us. Yes, that's another thing. It's just the three of them. And there's no one at home that can fight the man. There's that great, I always scared me that, like, if there's, um, remember in um, American History X? where Norton loses it at the table. No one at that table can fight him because he's the oldest man in the house, yeah. and ain't no one can fight the oldest man in the house. Because men are just too strong. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a single mom and you got an older son, what can you do to stop him? It's a bull in a china shop. You can't yeah. restrain that. There came a point early in our life where our mom could not stop us. Mm. Like we never hurt her because we weren't mean to our mom. But we, got, we got in a fight in the living room. He was at, he was home from the summer for college, and it was a legit bl- throwing blows. Then we're just two big men in the living room. She came in with a hockey stick and started <laughs> slamming our legs, our bare legs, with it until we ran to opposite. She like literally sent us to each different sides of the room oh with hitting us. Gosh. So then when we broke up, we just looked at each other, started laughing, <laughs> and then she, it was all good. But she was like, "I had to do what I, I mean." It was, it was a wooden hockey stick. You slapping our legs up bad too. She was tearing us up. Dude. She's like five six, five five. Poor dude. She's such a great mother. <laughs> great mom, man. But uh, the thing dude. is, like in our home, in my home, I'm gonna, in your home. There, there's a man. If Nesto ever got old and, and tried to go nuts, there's another man to restrain him and yeah. not against him. But in this world, she, she's like, I'm a, I have a little boy, and the man who's protect me, he's stinking gone. Yeah, and they're in real trouble. And she. The way that she communicates that on screen is unbelievable. She's a fantastic, fantastic actress. Now, also raised us, I said raised us wrong, right? And probably raised us right. There's a scene in the movie, my wife was like, this is the dumbest I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. When he's riding his bike down, and he first sees the hotel number. And he gets off his little, his little three, this trike. It's locked, and he bikes away. She's like, why do you try it? The forbidden... Is enticing. Yeah. As a kid, you know, as a kid, my stepdad had a little like a. It was a push glass cupboard, bookshelf, and he had comics in there. He had graphic novels. Uh huh. And he said, "You don't touch these. 
And when he'd gone to work, I'd go in there. And I knew he was a mean SOB. I knew he would beat me. And I still, like, just because I'm like, I got to see these comics. So I was like, and I opened it. And it was scary. The best is when you do the push it in, click, beep. <laughs> Door opens up, you're like, <gasps> and I'd get the And then the, then the light from the comic shines in Ernesto's face. <laughs> I'd pull off a comic, and I'd open all the way, because I didn't want to bend the crease. Yeah. I'd just open it, and I'd read. I read X-Men, um, God Loves, Man Kills, and I read Death of Captain Marvel so many times, but sometimes he always knew I got in there. <gasps> he always knew! I don't know how he figured it out! He wants to put like a hair on there and got me like misery style. Kathy Bates got me, dude! Broke my lips a sledgehammer, dude. Um, Hobbling. <laughs> dude. That movie. Ooh. But, so then later on, he's riding his bike That's and the door's open. Sound. Well, you know what happens? Yeah. He's playing with his trucks, remember? And the ball rolls yes. onto the... Oh it rolls into frame. Oh my gosh. I literally... Because the little girls wanted to play with him. Dude. Come play with us, Danny. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> dude, when that ball rolls onto the screen, I turned it, turn it off. I can't watch it. I turned the movie off. I'm like, babe, it's 11 o'clock. We'll watch it when it tomorrow. Uh, that's I cannot I, I asked her so you see Shining End? He goes... Part of it. <laughs> I'm like, what? When that ball rolls in the shot, and it's, it's, up, it's up view. The you camera was down a, on them. You are a baby with I'm movies. a baby, dude. <laughs> Do never go to a movie theater with him to see a scary movie. Listen, I had my feet off the couch. I didn't oh grab my, my feet gosh. underneath the couch. I, I, under the blankets, all scared of things, dude. <laughs> this from the same guy when he thought somebody was trying to break in his back door was standing by the door with a hatchet in his chonies. He's <laughs> scared of the underneath the couch. Listen, a, per, a, a, a psycho junkie isn't a killer clown under my second couch, dude. Yeah, well, there was no clowns in The Shining. I'm just saying, who knows what could come here to couch, dude? I'm just saying. Flint, <laughs> dude, bed bugs. <laughs> so he gets, goes to the door, it's open, he walks in. And my wife's like, no one does that. I'm like, babe. Yes, they I do. do it every time. If I hear something, I go to the noise. I don't know what that is. It's been, so a kid is just exploring. Like, is that everybody? human nature yeah it is my wife said she heard a noise she got out of the house i'm like i'm going upstairs i'm like i gotta get to bed tonight <laughs> so i'm saying i gotta yeah. see what's gonna be so just done. you gotta figure it out that's a, man i've done some yeah i've done some you ever heard a noise and just like threw a pillow over your head thought i don't want to hear it again hell not <laughs> because when you do that then you take the pillow off and then that noise is in your face dude. <laughs> um but like did i send you that scary that two and a half minute scary clip Yes. Ah! I turned it off like physically it's in. I'm like, I can't watch this. I can't watch this. It's but a two and a half minute scary movie. And it will get you, dude. Yeah, send it to me. I'll, I'll send it to you tonight. Okay. So I mean, whoa. <laughs> when we lived in the UP of Michigan, And the payoff is unbelievable. <laughs> we lived in the Upper Peninsula. We used to go right at we used to papers. And we were nine, ten, eleven. Yeah, we were young. We we, we lived on an old abandoned air force base. And we would bike into the old abandoned part of town. There and was ghost town neighborhoods with oh all. Oh my god! Every house it was abandoned. a former military thing, so, so they were vacant. All I mean, every hundreds street hundreds of vacant houses. Oh. so literally everyone that worked in the prison so, lived on. So a couple, get, get couple the blocks. scene in your head: uh, aerial view, two little brown kids on bikes rolling into a neighborhood, all empty houses. It was like the I Am Legend, bro. It was, dude. We and we'd go and just, we'd break in a abandoned house all the time. Wait, yeah, so we'd, windows would be we'd open. We sneak in windows. Oh man! And we just hunt, look through houses and look for like just crazy stuff, dude. How scary is that? We and we and then and, and being in the UP, it got in the winter dark at like four thirty, five o'clock, and we'd be out there. Woo! As you finally we're crazy. Sleeping bag in a closet. You're just like, yeah. Oh shoot! One time we didn't we find like a 
a devil star pentagram with candles. pentagram on the floor in the middle of the living room, and we're like, <gasps> yeah. and then there was a big old turd in the stinking. Oh, that was our boy, the paper dude. <laughs> yeah, he dropped the bomb. That was funny. That actually was the craziest turd I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it was huge. Because it came out of the toilet. I'm like, how did that get Yeah, up? it was standing straight up, dude. Like, how did that like, get smushed I'm by your like, butt cheeks? Yeah. Like, like, it was so... It, it, it literally broke the plane of the seat coming out of it. So I'm like, did you like start standing up as you're pooping? So it wouldn't actually hit you. Like, that was- he had to do... A, he, he probably uh, did the hover. <laughs> you don't want to get dirty. I'm like, man, you need to check this diet, player. <laughs> it, it, that was I'm amazing. all 11 years old. You need to drink some Ovaltine, boy. <laughs> I forgot about that turn. <laughs> that was a crazy turn, bro. It was, dude. <laughs> and then it, and then it turned his head and looked at us. I'm like, ah! <laughs> it's not a it's got corn eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> corn? I didn't eat no corn. Um, yeah, his diet don't consist of no corn. But um, so <laughs> that little kid going that. into the shining in, the, in that room. That is a thing that's been in me and you. I mean, I've, I've, you walked into this. You, you went into you, you went into the old insane asylum in Pontiac. It's a true story. You're nuts. I know. <laughs> like I'm curious. I ain't going in there. Jesus went in there with some friends and hid and uh, waited for a group of kids other people to, oh to come in to scare gosh. them. It scared them. It like, worked, dude. He said he, it was like. It was like these like football player looking guys with their girlfriends trying to impress them. Oh, they walked in this there. This is a movie. So Jesus pulls his hood up, <laughs> and they're, like if you look down the hallway, there's like rooms. He's standing in one of the doorways, and there and the girl, one of the girls, goes, "Did you hear that?" And they're like, "Man, there ain't nothing there." And so Jesus got a black hood on, pulls the hood up, puts his body out the door to where just the upper half of his body is like out the door with the hood on. And when they look down there, he <laughs> rolls up into the room. <laughs> And everybody's like, <laughs> dude, they could have killed them. They were good. They almost jumped. Like they, because Jesus and his buddy were laughing, and then they all went out in the front. So they were gonna kill Jesus. Jesus like, they didn't know I had a knife on me. I'm like, oh my. He's like, there was two, like two, three big burly dudes that wanted to kill him because he like made him look like punks in front of that girl. Dude, listen, if I was in a, a haunted insane asylum, they. And Freak. I saw a random person in the ball, the bowels of that building, just a body. I'd be like, ah, oh, no. I'd, I'd run, I'd scream, I'd cry. I don't give a rip, dude. I don't give a rip. You legit would, you'd be screaming so loud, dude. Oh, man, I love going to scary movies in the nest. <laughs> but, um. Yeah, curiosity is a thing in this, in the movie. I'm like, you gotta know. You gotta know what, I don't know. Bro. Living alone is the worst thing ever because stuff will happen. Yeah. And I'll be like, hey, didn't something fall off the wall or something oh, yeah. like the first week? No, like. You watch all those horror movies. Yeah, the, yeah. the heating vent yeah. pulled out of the drywall. And there was in the middle of the dry- night. Yeah, there was pieces of drywall and a heating vent on the floor in the morning when I woke up. Because I was watching a ton of scary movies. I told a story before, but there was chunks of drywall on the floor, dude. But that was one of the ones where I didn't get up. You didn't get up? I was like, this is how it ends. <laughs> I, dude, At least I'm comfortable, dude. <laughs> I, I get up, dude. I'll be in my chonies. I'll be almost asleep. And I'll hear something. And I'm like, I'm getting up. But I, I, I got wife and kids here. I got, if, if, if something in the house, I'm the first thing that's going to see. I'm, I'm, I'm the, f- I, we have a whole plan how it goes down. 
The kids I know, know you do, you crazy mug. Dude, you got to, you right? It's a man code. I yeah. Mean, you got to know. I always got a plan, too. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I do is crack open a brewski. That's how it ends. <laughs> but there, there really is a, a strategy for something happens. Dude, I have a, we, my kids all know. On a bike ride, they know what to do. They know if we're out and something happens, they know what to do. Like, if a dog comes, they know what to do. I'm like, listen, this is how it plays. They, they know what to do if the crap hits the fan. They do. They just know in the house, they know what to do. They know how, how, how to escape by the, the top floor. I don't want to do the barricade upstairs. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a war. And, we're gonna, and they're going to live. And hopefully I am too. I don't have a gun, though. So I just, You need to get one, dude. Why? Dude, it's a... Oh, come on. This guy... Are you serious? I got a gun right on me now. <laughs> Are you I know I've seen me? it with them tight pants. Dude. <laughs> you should do a desk pop right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Listen, my wife does not like guns, dude. Oh, my There's a history gosh. of accidental deaths in her family. It's crazy, dude. <laughs> I got no son. You, I mean, you live in a neighborhood. You probably should protect listen, yourself. Listen, listen, listen. There are literally. So do you have like bats? Listen, listen, do you have a around bat around my house? There are yeah. baseball bats, axes, All right, good. hatchets. All right. Okay, That's I it. got a quick one. <laughs> I'm at home, and I'm the lights are off. Watch TV. Get up. I'm gonna go to the kitchen. Get me some snacky snacks. Right out my. Like I'm talking right outside the window in my kitchen. I mean, right there. Pop, 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 pop. Gunshots going. And I'm like, <laughs> shit. <laughs> I live in Flint. I mean, it, and I was going to look out the door. I was like, he's standing right there. I'm not looking out this door. So then I'm like, well, I don't know what to do. I'm frozen. I don't, I don't have a gun. Like a dumbass. I need one. Um, text my neighbor upstairs. Drunk Don. <laughs> I go, dude, Don, did you hear that? I get a, my phone starts ringing. I'm like, shit. Don's dead. <laughs> so I pick up the phone. It's drunk Don. Hey, cousin. Didn't know you were home. The lights were off. I'm sorry about that. That damn possum got in the trash. I got his ass. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. In the city, you can shoot possums and get in the trash. <laughs> but drunk Don is packing the heat, and he always watches our crib. That's it. You don't need a gun. And he don't work. He's home all the time. <laughs> I got a drunk Don, dude. That's, that's, that's it's illegal. Like, it's like, it's you, like, can't, you can't. It's illegal. Isn't it, Chris? You can't just shoot animals in your backyard. Ah, uh, yeah, you can in some places. Yeah. yeah. In Flint, nothing. you can shoot an animal. You can, well, I'm not, I didn't say it was right. I just said you can. Nobody's calling. Nobody's calling. Ever. <laughs> I'm at the intersection where there's accidents all day. Uh, like, You know where I live. That intersection is just accidents. There's always court and um, Chavez, Chavez yeah. accidents all the time right there. No Buses. insurance, no registration. I'm out. <laughs> no. You good? I'm good. Bounce. Dude, someone hit, wrecked my stinking in-laws' car. She had no insurance, no plates. It wasn't her car. Brutal, dude. The cops are like, listen, if you if you press charges, she's 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 done forever. He's like, ah, let her go. <sighs> let her go. That's the most annoying thing. So I got I, I I gotta ask this like you guys are missing something what your listeners want to know and you haven't even touched on it man what are you talking about I can't believe this I'm speaking on behalf of the two thousand people that watch your show ever listen to your show every time you post it seriously you don't know this is the most obvious thing that I'm thinking I come here for but you guys have not even touched on it what are you talking about Red Rum Theater oh what's the correlation. <laughs> You guys I don't so even know stupid. what it is. Listen, listen. It's the movie that listen. defined your whole podcast and then talked listen, about true it. True story. Listen, okay. We're so almost got, at the I've, end of the show. I've even, got a, I've even got a red rum tattoo. <laughs> you 
too. Listen, okay. How did you come up with it? Okay, here Ernesto it is. We're talking about the, okay, so here it is. the whole movie. The Shining is a movie. Again, it's a feeling versus a. The, and watching this movie as a young man, the feeling it created in me was dread and fear. It was a great horror experience as a young kid, okay? And I don't know how it happens, but the, the red rum thing, it's murder backwards, all it is. Written on the mirror. On the mirror. Mm -hmm. And the kid, red rum, red rum. It became this, it's a, it's, a, it's a cultural touchstone. It's weird. It's like, I'll be back. It's just this weird yes. cultural thing out there, okay? And so a long time ago when I was in college, um, I wanted to start a movie club off campus. We watch R-rated movies because you can't watch this stuff on campus. I'm at Bible college. So I wanted to. That makes it right. I wanted yeah. to. Uh, no, I don't. The professor hosted it. <laughs> the one you called a prick? <laughs> no. the, the professor who hosted it was a guy who gave a lecture in chapel and quoted the movie Magnolia. And I'm like, this guy's a G. So, I, so this guy I knew he was a cool guy. But uh, we went to a. So I wanted everyone to know. And when it was going to come to this movie club, I wanted to know we were watching our little rowdy. So I wanted to use a reference that was, you had to be like... In the club. You had to be in the know. You had to yeah. be like, you know good movies, and you, yeah. and you know freaky movies. Legit. Exactly. I wanted, I wanted if, you, if you don't get it, you're out. If you don't, get, if you don't understand it. And so we call it the Red Room Theater. And this was back... Wow. Ten, 20 Everybody's years ago. I was wondering how you come up 20 with 20 years ago. And so I, I am hearing this story for the first time right now. <laughs> so... <laughs> I use it for this, Thanks, mo this movie club. We watch Goodfellas in that movie club. We watch great movies there. We watch Requiem One, Stinking Porkies. <laughs> You're stupid. We watch movies that were close your ears, Riley. That were philosophical and theological in nature to talk about like life and stuff. Um, Was Todd Father in this club? Yes. Nice. And so we watched it, and, and, and then it ended, right? And so that went away. That name was gone because it was it's for these two years in college. Did you do the straight up theatre? Yes. Dang, Gina. So, no, no logo or nothing. So then years later, my uh, sister and my sister and brother-in-law were over from Texas. The ones we just met like eight years ago. We found our family. You found our family. Um, That's a great story. This guy day. right here. This guy right here. <laughs> the Swanee right here sitting in our studio helped my brother and I find our dad. It's one of the craziest stories I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. We need to do a story on that, a podcast. Hey, is there a movie that talks about a kid that's really on you? That's on me. Oh, my gosh. He's got a red rum tattoo. Oh, I look at all your photos now. Told you, camera had Hey! He's got the two little girls tattooed on him. You are weird, dude. So our favorite scary movies. A brother-in-law, a sister and brother-in-law come over. And we're getting to know our sister because we don't remember. We, she knew us. We didn't know her. Wow. She held us as babies. She held her. us as There's babies. There's a picture of me and her on the playground. She's 10 years. She's exactly 10 years older than me. There's a picture of me and her on the playground. I think I'm three years old. And she's 13. Mm. That's the last memory I had of her. Okay, you for the future, pick a movie that talks about a family being reunited that's super popular. I can't think of one right now. And we'll tell the story because it's legit. Okay, so we're talking to her. And we, Tony and I are riffing on movies like crazy. And they're like, you guys are nuts. How in do your you know, living room, right upstairs. How do you know so many movies? And I'm like, Tony, this was really fun. We should record and see if it plays. We commit to one year of, and I, she's like, what should we call him? Like, and I just, I remember, I'm like, the Red Room Theater. He goes, that's it. And it just, we just went. I mean, that was my thing. It was my club in college. I own the, and we made kind of a logo, got a website. 
started. So The Shining wasn't your inspiration to do the show. It just happened to have an occult. Uh, uh, what's the word you want to say? Uh, a cult. A cultural a, milestone. That's it. That had a, a had a, a term in it that you used to name your theater. That makes sense. I've never known it. Everybody's wondering. Are you like the Shining? You know, fanatics that everybody want to name thinks after? it's a horror movie podcast. It's, yeah. it, it, it's no, not. It's oh, just, yeah. It's just literally. We want to know that you, you got to know movies at a level where you can quote. Like we just we, we were just quoting like even you. You were you were playing with <laughs> the movie quotes, and we like take them and like weave them together yeah, and, in a conversation. Exactly, yeah. and that's you got to be able to do that to hang with. The Red you theater. know what's funny is, is our brother-in-law started getting annoyed. <laughs> he was like, "Look, guys, we're being serious." <laughs> I'm like, Damn, dude. That's right. Why so? serious? I was like, serious? "Why so serious?" <laughs> <laughs> Want to see a magic trick? <laughs> That's the best. I know it. Disappeared. That's right. <laughs> that is the best. So my wife hates when me and Riley and Jordan do all movie lines in a conversation. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah, because either you know right. It's a language. You're not part of the group. Yeah, it's you a language. Can't click with it. Dude, yeah. when I preach, especially when I do recovery, uh, like recovery at night, I will use movie imagery, and people are with me because they, they, the, the imagery is so strong. They yeah. know the scene. They know the movie. And they're they're with yeah. I did a, a thing on betrayal a few weeks ago, and I I, I quoted uh, Pacino. I knew it was you, Fredo. Yeah, it broke my heart. And people were like, "Oh, it's betrayal, betrayal!" Like they, they were with yeah, their yeah, yeah. credibility. Team. Roddy Team. told me he goes, "Whenever you speak at college, anytime you want to get with them, just always say something like, that's what she said from the office.' Yeah. And I was in the elevator today in New York, and we couldn't get to the right floor, and there was twelve people in there, and they started chanting, "My God, everybody, just clam down, just clam down!" And three people started laughing because of the office. <laughs> Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. But, um, okay, so Halloween. The Shining's about a guy loses his mind and kills his family. So, oh, dude. Oh, man. You have seen some heinous crap as a cop. So go ahead and uh, we're going to walk with you now into the dark recesses of, of the stinking human psyche and what humanity is capable of. Okay, first and foremost, I never believed in growing up like all the satanic cult stuff. Cause I grew up in a Lutheran home, you know, we just didn't do all that stuff. And I would hear people tell stories. And until I was a police officer, I'd never realized there is evil forces out there. And I'm not doing this to be dramatic for the show. I'm telling you some of the most horrific, violent acts, you can feel the heaviness of Satan. You can feel the heaviness of evil. I can walk into a scene and I've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dead people. I can tell hope, no hope. I can walk into oh, a scene. Feel it in the, in the air? I can feel it. I'm not joking. <laughs> I can feel it. Even how people grieve is different. When people grieve and they have no hope, there's no, there's no afterthought. There's no nothing. It's just so final in their heads. They flip chairs. They throw dishes. They smoke in chains. They they just scream. They don't know how to conceive death. And then when you add violence on top of it, I remember one time I was at a scene. I was a medical examiner investigator for the invest for the sheriff's office, and I go to a guy got shot up in the first floor, and he got shot so hard and so much that it actually bled him out, and all the blood went through the floorboards, and the pool of blood in the basement was eight feet wide. He oh all bled out on the couch. He's just sitting there on the couch, and I'm thinking, I'm like. There were people in this room right here where I'm standing that opened fired on this guy while he was sitting on his couch. And I think to myself, this is no joke. And this part of the things I do when I talk, I'm like, you know, I got to believe, unless you're decapitated, most everybody has about 30 seconds before they realize they're going to die. Like, what goes on in your head? I brought people back from the dead. 
I, as a medic. I mean, people have been dead, dead, and I brought them back. And I've asked. In fact, one guy, Mr. Majestic, I brought him. His wife died. Mr. Upstairs. Majestic. Mr. Majestic. His die. His wife died on the second floor in the middle of the night from cancer. And I went to go do the scene investigation. Came down. I started talking to him. As I was talking to him in the kitchen, boom, he dropped dead right in front of me in cardiac arrest. What? No joke. Oh my I started. God. I ripped the shirt open. I was just in regular plain clothes. The ambulance has already left. I told the Grand Blake Township cops. I'm like, hey. Go out and grab your AED. I start doing compressions on this guy, right? His son, Patrick, his older son there, he's like, dad, dad. I'm like, just talk to your dad. I started doing compressions, long story short. Got the AED on, boom. Second shock, brought him back. As soon as he brought him back, I checked his pulses. I'm like, gentlemen, what you just witnessed was a miracle. He was dead for eight minutes, right? About oh a month later, my God. two days later, he's out of the hospital, right? Genesis. About a month later, I call up Patrick. I'm like, hey, man, i just checking on you. He's like, uh, man, thanks so much and blah, blah, blah. I said, I got two questions, bro. I said, what's the last thing your dad remembered? He said, my dad says he remembers in the kitchen. You were talking to him and everything kind of got muffled. And the whole room went zoop. Just like that. Like you talk about the Terminator. You remember when the Terminator just goes out of vision? Yes. Zoop, yeah. Just like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. That's, That's what I eyeball. pictured. Yeah. Just done. I said, what's the first thing he remembers? He said, man, he goes, because you know, hearing's the last sentence to go first yeah. come back. Yeah. That's he crazy. Said, he remembers like it was almost like coming out of a fog and the first words he heard was gentlemen what you just witnessed was a miracle that's the first thing he remembers he didn't see the light or anything he was dead for 8 minutes oh so i believe this i'm gosh. telling you i've seen death on both sides i've never had somebody come back and say you know i've seen the light i've seen this i hear all the stories of people that uh, have touched others and the pulses have come back there's in fact there's a new movie called breakthrough where the kid falls through the ice yeah. you know the true story i believe that stuff can happen because i've seen people dead you know, biologically dead and then resuscitated them back. But I say all that because it is death is a natural curiosity because nobody experiences that it's still alive. And so that's why people are fascinated by all this stuff, you know, but it can be very dangerous. Yeah. You know, that's why I've never touched a Ouija board. I don't own it. Heck to the I, no, I mean, dude. There's evil there. We all know this, especially as believers. But I will tell you this this is the first time, and I, I say this story because. Um, it really proved that I didn't go in there with predetermined facts. It just happened, and then I realized it. So I was speaking in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and I fly out on a Friday night. Dude, I'm horrified right now. <laughs> and I don't know if you know about Chattanooga, Tennessee, but it's an old Civil War battleground. And there was a hospital there. And so I fly out on Friday night, and usually I work all day. I take a red eye, and I get to my destination, just like for, uh, Albany. I flew in at 1 in the morning. I got in at 11.30 because I remember before midnight. A host picks me up at the airport, drives me over here. I'm staying at the Reed House Hotel, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I go to the front desk. It's popping. It's an old, old hotel, like really nice, right? Much like Estes Park, Shining Hotel. Like Overlook. It's beautiful. It's right jam-packed in Chattanooga. I'm exhausted. I talked to the guy. He goes, this is our last room, room 311. I said, thanks. I go upstairs. There's this old elevator, just like you see. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Just like you see if you were to ride the Tower of Terror, those service yeah. elevator doors. There's wow. two of them. And it has the exact same arrow that goes up to all the floors. Yes. That's old school, dude. Yes. So I go up to the third floor. Ding. I get out. I go to room 311. I notice on the left side where the numbers are, it's ripped off the wall. The, the wallpaper is ripped off and there's a pen that goes 311. Like the nameplate, the, the actual number plate is gone. So I don't think anything of it. Okay, let me ask you this. Just because I watch so much stuff. Somebody took it because it's famously haunted? So I swipe my key card <laughs> oh. and it doesn't work. 
and I swipe it again, swipe it again. You know what you think? You know, I got a money clip, you know, maybe my magnet. I go back down. I say, hey, man, I can't get in my room. It's not going. He goes, okay. Gives me another one. I go back up. Ding, same elevator. Shh, shh, nothing. I go back a third time. The guy's like, listen, if it doesn't work, just come down here. We'll try to do something else. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I go back up there. Third one, it opens up. I walk in the room. You walk in, and it's got like a little living area right in front of you. And I go to my right, and there's a, a little old door opening, and there's the bed. And the bed is right by a window that you can literally open up the window and jump on like a little mini roof, you know? Because it's okay, like yeah. one okay. of those multi-storied hotels, right? Third floor. To the right of where that window is, there's a bathroom, and the bathroom has a door. I'm telling you, imagine like a 1930s, 1940s old wooden door that has the old brass handle, right? That's the bathroom. So I get in there. I'm just literally five minutes. My phone rings. That's weird. I pick it up. It's the front desk. Like, Mr. Swanson, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah. You got in okay? Yeah. Is all right. If there's anything you need, just give us a call. I said, all right, click, boom. That's I random. sleep at 67, 68 degrees at night. I always have it cold. I don't like sleeping in the hot. I right? love it cold. Yeah. Love it. So I, I, I hit the air, the air down, you know, I go to take a shower. Before I take a shower, I'm going to the bathroom. I look down and I notice, and this is not, this is all precipitating what I'm about to tell you. On the bottom of that wooden door, you can just see like the wood's worn down, there's cracks in it. And I remember sitting there, because I was going number two, thinking, imagine how much this door is seen. Because you knew it was there for like 78 yeah. years, right? But it's all modernized except for the door, just painted. So I go take a shower, boom, boom, boom. I get it there. It's 1 o'clock in the morning now. I'm laying in bed. 3, 3.30 in the morning, I wake up burning hot. Burning hot. I go, I'm like, what the heck? I'm sweating. I go there. I look at the thermostat, 68 degrees. Okay. What? Yeah. I have to speak the next day at 10.40. I get up. I speak. I'm there all night. I get back Saturday night. I fly out Sunday morning. Same thing. Go in my door. Everything's good. Go take my stuff. I lay down. Heat down to 68 degrees. Middle of the night. Burning up. Like, what is going on? That never happens. Like, I'm thinking I'm not sick or anything. Waking up, like, the room temperature is hot. I get up. I look. Maybe sometimes, you know, there's timing. Same thing. 68 degrees. I set it for 68. It's got to be 80 in there. I wake up the next day. It's It's Sunday. I always play praise and worship music before I speak on Sunday, right? So I'm listening, I'm praising, everything's going good. I don't know what's happening, right? I pack up, I go do my talk. I get done at 12 o'clock. I, I have a jump flight from Chattanooga to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm sitting in Raleigh Airport as a layover to go to Detroit. And I'm just kind of thrumming through. And I see somebody sent me an Instagram message, an Insta message. And it's got a picture of my room with that, that, that number plate ripped off. And it said... Hey, at Chris Swanson, 262, how did you enjoy your stay at Haunted Room 311? And I'm looking at it. I remember exactly where I was sitting. I'm like, what? Immediately went over to Google, start searching it. The Reed House Hotel is one of the most notorious haunted hotels in the country. Room 311 is where many people have not only stayed that are famous, like Al Capone, Winston Churchill, suicides, there's a girl named Anastasia who was murdered in the bathtub of the bathroom, chopped up to pieces. People have gone to that room and have mysteriously died. The window that I speak of, that used to have bars on it. And just prior to the 1990s, they took the bars off because that's where they were taking Capone back to Chicago to get tried in his federal trial. The room is known all over the world. You can look it up. Reed House Hotel, Chattanooga, Tennessee. The only reason I got that room is because it was the last room in there. 
I find out that they only give that room to haunted house freaks, ghost hunters. And if it's the last room, they got nobody else. That's why that guy called me to check to make sure there's nothing else going on. I knew nothing about this. Then when you look at it, you realize that those grounds, it was a Civil War battleground and that Reed House Hotel was famous for Dr. Reed. He was a battle, a trauma doctor and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of people have died in that block where that hotel is that used to be a Civil War hospital. Death is everywhere there. That's the freakiest ever I have been. And when I realized it, it all made sense. It was like one of those movies like The Sixth Sense when you start going back like... It all made sense. That was the freakiest thing that I've seen on duty or off duty. The Reed House Hotel. That is un... I've never even heard of that. Google it. Because I love... That's... Reed House Hotel. I got a place to go now. You do. Chattanooga, Tennessee, You know what's man. crazy, though? Is I always say, I always say like, I want to go and get a haunted room or I want to do this... If you're really in that situation, no. and you if you would have known, if I'd have known, yeah, yeah, you would have been like, dude, freaks, yeah, to where you would have probably slept in the car. Like, let me just tell you, people are fascinated by death. You know, like we do, uh, we do gun auctions. You know, our our, our seized weapons, and, and uh, we have people requesing requesting to buy murder and suicide weapons. It Why? doubles the value. What are you talking doubles about? Doubles the value. And if they're not cleaned, it triples the value. What are you talking I'm about? I'm not kidding Why? you. Yes. People are like that, dude. You could go on, you could buy serial killer memorabilia and get all this craziness. That, yeah, I know that. That's true. So, yes, people are fascinated by this stuff, man. You're telling me that the nameplate was taken because it was a famous room? Yeah, somebody it? stole it. As a as a as a name piece, as just, just like, like I was there. Used to steal, they were gonna ch- they were gonna uh, change Big Beaver exit to um, sixty eight and a half or something because people were stealing the signs. Yeah, Big Beaver Road, exit sixty nine. Just like anything that's famous. Yes. Even like grave, t- grave robbers and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you know what? Um, Benny Hill. I just read a story on Benny Hill. Man, that was a crazy story. You know Benny Hill, the comedian, the British comedian way back in yeah. the day? Yeah. The, 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 they run through the hallways in the yeah, doors. Yeah, the Benny Hill show. In, the, the music. Oh, that's, he started that. That's him. That's old. That's yeah. real. You see it in Bugs Bunny or all kinds of yeah. cartoons do that. That guy's got a sad story. I say that because he died with a bunch of money. Like they found him rotted in his, in his apartment. Never moved out of his apartment because he grew up poor. They found him after four days of smell. And they went and there was all the stacks of money and unclassed checks that he just collected because he wouldn't spend his money. He was a miser. So people, after he was buried, they dug him back up to see if maybe he was buried with money. That's how people are, man. Crazy. You tell me that don't have bad karma all over it. All over Dig it. Like stealing up. from the church. Dude, yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. Remember breaking into a church and stealing like the audio equipment? Are you kidding me? Why would you do that? I got a I got a I know a guy, um, uh, church planning network I'm a part of. He uh they were planning a new a new work. They're opening they they were trying to open um next week and someone wa- walked in and cleaned them out. Ooh. All their gear, all their Dude, their, their soundboard, their yeah. speakers, no way. cleaned them out. Yep. One day he'll realize, oh, yeah. I messed up. Yeah, no doubt. So let me just tell you that you can go Google search this. There was a time as a police officer, we're also investigators. And at the time I was a medical examiner investigator. So anybody who dies outside the hospital or hospice, an investigator goes to the scene to make sure it's not suspicious. If it's not, 
they go to the funeral home. If it is, it goes to the, the pathologist, the forensic pathologist, right? So uh, incidentally, I did one like one street over. It was the guy who actually, he was a Stroh's guy from the Stroh's beer. He actually, one of the, the family members was in this house like one street over. It, just a little side note. Uh, I, I recognize places by death. So anyhow, Jeez. I go to these different scenes, right? And uh, I went to this uh, went to this scene and, and sometimes you're there and you do all this investigation, but other times they call you because the guy's already been transported to the hospital. So I remember I was in my car and they gave me a call and they said, hey, we just had a murder. Uh, we don't know who did it, but this guy was stabbed. And he was stabbed in the right side of his abdomen and he's almost cut in half right through his liver, like from the whole right side. He was a small guy. So I'm taking all the information. I'm like, man, this is weird. Like I've had stabbings before, but it's usually like some type of, uh, you know, retaliation. So it's more of a, uh, like a mm-hmm. hammer strike, right? But actual stab and rip open, that's just weird, right? So I didn't think nothing of it. But what happened, this is 2009, 2010. What started happening is different jurisdictions and other medical examiners started getting these same kind of injuries and people started getting stabbed and dying, stabbed and going to the emergency room and not dying. So you had all this happening at the same time, but nobody was reporting it because even though the wounds were identical, the results were all different. One would Mm -hmm. go to this hospital, one would go to that hospital, one would be like seven months ago, one would be three months from now, but everybody was getting stabbed from the abdomen all the way to the back, right? And if they got to the hospital soon enough, they could they could they could save them. But when you cut the liver in half, the liver is like a like the consistency of a peach. You can't just sew it. You got to mm-hmm. pack it with like trauma gauze and let the, the the liver heal itself over a period of three days. And many times they leave the abdomen open in order they can keep working the liver. <laughs> I'm about to throw up, you guys. That's crazy. It gets crazier, dude. So check this out. All these people's livers are being cut in half, right? So then all of a sudden, all the investigators in the county started talking. And what we realized is we had a serial stabber, Elias Abu Elazam. What had happened was this guy is an Israeli-American that came over here about 2009. He worked up at a party store. In fact, when I was on a dope team in 1994, we used to go there. Hanny Sayoff used to own it. Coldwater and Detroit. And there was a store there and we found that all these stabbings were after two o'clock when the Is store North closed. Side? Yeah, Northside Beecher. So what had happened was he uh he would go hunting at night. He'd get off work. He'd get off work and he'd hunt. And he picked the same body styles. He picked mainly African Americans. There was 18 people stabbed. Only one of them was Mexican, but he looked African American. He stabbed all African Americans and he would do the same thing. He drove a green four four door uh, a Ford Explorer and uh, he would see somebody walking down the street and he would pull up in front of him or to the side he would pop the hood of his truck and he would lean over it this guy was six foot five, 280 pounds holy okay? cow and he would be like hey can you help me I, my car's broke down and these unsuspecting innocent people would walk over and as they would lean into his truck to try to figure something out he'd grab him by the back of the throat take out the knife stab him in the abdomen rip and pull it's exactly how they teach you in the Israeli army because everybody in Israel goes to the army for two years. Yep. They learn Krav Maga, hand-to-hand combat, knife attacks, and weaponry. And that's how all these people were stabbed. Fast forward, there's 18 people in three different states that have been stabbed, five now dead. We're tracking them down. Everybody's working together, task force everywhere. We get a tip. He's on his way to Tel Aviv, a one-way ticket to Tel Aviv. We get him, the U.S. Marshals, one of my buddies from the local office was able to put some dots together, did a great job. We catch him walking down the, when I say we, law enforcement, federal, state, local, walking down into that tunnel onto the plane, stopped right there before his one-way ticket to Tel Aviv. 
They get him back. Now we're in Atlanta, Georgia, where he's arrested. He waves extradition. This is the crazy part. They fly him on a private Marshall jet to Flint Bishop Airport. The whole town knows that Abu Elazam is coming here. Now, mind you, for the whole year he was doing this, after 2 o'clock, you could roll a bowling ball down Detroit Street and not hit a soul. Like nobody, a crime went down. Crime he, went he, down. He, he, he trash can. Because he had a trash can. <laughs> you just scared the shit out of me. <laughs> So anyhow, this whole town, I mean, it just it literally was turned upside down because he was hunting people. Everyone was afraid to stay inside. Everyone was afraid. Nobody was going outside. Nope, nothing. I'm not kidding you. Third shift calls plummeted because we don't know who was doing it until we caught him, right? So fast forward for the sake of time. He's flying back, goes to Flint Bishop. He's coming to Genesee County Jail. We got helicopters in the air. There's a motorcade taking them. I'm not kidding you. I know you've seen this movie because you've already talked about it. But your moment in the Green Mile when Tom Hanks is waiting for Michael Clark Duncan and he comes out of the back. You can, you can actually Google and see him coming out of the back because he was all juiced up with steroids. So he was probably like 3'10 then. He has a oh size 16 shoe. Gosh. He had a vest on. He, had, he was cuffed in front with belly chains. He's walking out and everybody's looking at him and he towers over everybody. Here's a guy at his hands that stabbed 17 people, killed five of them, and he's walking out like like evil like you could see it and he goes inside of course there's cameras everywhere on the outside trying to get a glimpse of him we walk him in the jail long story short he spends a year and a half at the Genesis county jail right but the year and a half he spends because he's so violent and he's killed so many people's family members he goes into restrictive housing on the fifth floor of the jail that's 23 hours lockdown one hour out and when he comes out he comes out between one and five in the morning when nobody's out and we pack it with staff and he comes out with belly chains and leg irons. And in that hour, he can go shower, he can make a phone call, he can do whatever he wants, right? Long story short, we started watching his behavior. And uh, I started uh, thinking, you know what? I, I want to talk to this guy, right? Oh I want to talk to this guy. So one day I go up to the fifth floor. He's in the back corner cell. When you're in the jail, next time I'll take you the exact cell he was. If you want to come within us. Heck, tell you. I do. Yes. Yes. He spent an hour, a year and a half in that back corner cell. Anyhow... Uh, I knew that, you know, you talk about, you know, um, command presence. Uh, I, I didn't want a team. I'm not trying to be a tough guy, but all those people, you know this from being on the street, you can read credibility. You can yes. read if people are real or not in 10 seconds or less, right? It's crazy. And it's all about how people act. Like if I'm coming up on you and I respect you, that's different if I'm coming up on you and trying to intimidate you. Because the first one, there's going to be mutual respect. The second one, there's going to be a fight, right? Right. So as soon as he cracked the door, boom, they cracked the door. I walked in. I said, how you doing, sir? My name is Chris Swanson. I'd like to talk to you. And this dude stood up and put his hand in my hand. I'm thinking, he's right-handed. And I just stood there and I shook his hand. He's standing right there. I, I mean, I'm Did not Did you small. feel the power? Yeah, it was just like, this is, this, is, this is the guy, right? Now, he'd been in there sometime after this. But he was a different guy then. Different than I saw him coming out of the back. Make a long story short, we had an opportunity. The sheriff at the time brought him down and wanted to talk to him. And as we're walking back and forth, we asked the question. Now, this is after the, uh, you know, he, he got convicted in trial and his appeal has already been denied. He went to the Michigan Supreme Court. So he's in there for life. He's in prison for life. Right here. Uh, we asked him why. Why'd you do it? Oh, my gosh. He sold his soul to the devil from his own lips. He said, I knew that if I didn't do what Satan told me to do, I'd kill myself, and I didn't want to do that. So I killed other people. And I said, what changed? He says, I got saved. I got myself back with Jesus, and I have a picture of him. He drew a picture. I said, draw me a picture of Jesus. I want to see what it was. And he penned out in blue pen a picture of Jesus. 
And that was the change where when he came in, he was extremely violent to when he left. He was as docile as can be. I'd walk into a cell. I'd shake his hand. In fact, by the time he left, we had him in general population after a year and a half. Elias Abu Elazam. He's not nearly as scary as Patrick Selipak and Samantha Bashinsky. This dude was beaten as a kid, grew up violent, went to the joint. If you read his story, he was let out by the pro board by accident. What do you mean by accident? He was violent. They, they, they missed it. They missed the, his, his acts of violence. And there's so many people, you know, there's, right, there's right, tens right. of thousands of people that are in parole, on parole, right? So Patrick Selipak was released on parole. And he goes down to a, a town called New Baltimore in Michigan. And uh, he immediately goes right back into the crime world. So he goes to a VG's and he starts ripping off uh, alcohol, cigarettes, baby formula, and uh, razor replacements. And uh, he would bring in a baby carriage and he would pack the baby carriage and put a, t a blanket over it because nobody's ever going to stop a guy mm -hmm. with a baby carriage, right? So make a long story short, he's coming out of the store one time and uh, he sees a new Baltimore police officer walk in and he immediately turns to the right because these guys are slick and there's a little girl from VG's who's uh, down a break and he's acting like he's on the phone and the police walk right by him. Well, while he's on the phone, he hangs up and sees her and starts talking to her. And she's a little bit slow, right? She's got a learning disability. He starts building a relationship with her. Time goes on. He finds out that she works there. He starts talking to her, finds out about the security of the whole store, triples his theft. Now he knows exactly where loss prevention is, when they're not working, knows everything. Starts ripping it all off. She introduces him to her husband. Now that little girl's pregnant. She's not even, she, she's like with child, right? One day... He's driving all over the place, and he hooks up with this girl he met online, Samantha Bashinsky from Genesee County, and uh, he starts teaming up with her as her, his partner in crime. They go over to the Dunhams, which is now the Salvation Army here at Corona Road and um, Graham. They do an armed robbery there. Now, imagine how scary this would be. You're in there at Dunhams buying shoes. All of a sudden, you hear some guy walk in, and they say it's a robbery. Everybody in the back room. Put everybody in the back room. He grabs a gun rack grabs a gun off the rack, loads it up. He's got it right there. I'm, I, I know what it was, but it had a polymer grip on it, a synthetic grip, long gun, puts everybody in the back room, takes their license, said, if you talk about this, because I know you are, I know where everybody lives. How scary is that? Like horrifying. Yeah. He leaves, okay, armed robbery in Dunham's, all these staff in New Baltimore, a whole other county, right? Long story short, Samantha and Patrick go down to New Baltimore. They're with this couple. But the guy is at work. So they come into the house. As the girl's there, the guy comes in. They kill them both. They, uh, they beat him with the shotgun. They, they wrap him up in plastic. At one point, he goes to the Rite Aid, and he buys syringes and bleach. And he's oh injecting them with gosh. bleach. And the last thing that got him was uh, that she actually took, and, um, took her belt now, this girl's never had a criminal history, but they met at a local bar off Door Highway. He turned into a killer, and, and she, she put her belt around one of the victims and choked her out to death, uh, beat him to death with the butt of the gun. And the reason I know it's, it's, it, was a, it was a synthetic stock is because it actually cracked the stock itself. That's how hard he hit him. Killed those two people. They drive all the way up north. They're at a bar at, uh, it used to, they're at a bar on Door Highway, right? So they had already done that. Kill those two people on the way back, on the way to the bar. They get pulled over. Um, the officer doesn't know what just happened, gives them a break. They drive up here. They go get a turkey sandwich. They ended up that night going to the bar. They made a guy named Winford Johnson. Winford Johnson lives in Vienna Township, which is Clio area. 
they start hanging out with each other and, and, and Winford has no clue. This guy's late sixties, early seventies. He lives alone at his house right inside the city or right outside the city. And, uh, they go to Frankenmuth shopping. They spend two or three weeks just gallivanting across mid Michigan. Right. One day, Winford gets the newspaper, and because the DNA that New Baltimore processed down there, they attract, they attached it to Patrick Selipak because he's in CODIS, which is a DNA processing that everybody in prison has. They match it. Then they find that she's with him because they do social media searches. So now they have both Patrick Selipak and Samantha Bashinsky's picture on the front page of the paper. So it's a Saturday. They're at the house. Winford opens up the paper and looks, and there's the picture of two people wanted for double murder living in his house. Winford looks up and says, you need to turn yourself in. Salopak says, I ain't doing that. He's like, you need to turn yourself in or I will. He says, you're not doing that either. Johnson walks up, goes out the front door to go call the police. He takes that long gun with that busted stock, puts one in the back of his head, drags him back in. Samantha takes off her belt, chokes him out, kills him right there at the living room floor. We know none of this. They wrap him up in a blue tarp. They throw him in the back of his truck. It's the middle of winter. They drive all the way over to Shiawassee County to her friend's house with dead body in the back of the pickup truck. We know so nothing. you see it? No, I'm going to tell you, this is, all, this is all what the investigation shows. But if you looked in the back of the truck, you would see a body all wrapped up in a blue tarp. You wouldn't know it's a body because it looks it's like a, a blue big, tarp. Yeah, it's a blue tarp. You don't know there's a body in there. They go over there, and sure enough, one of Samantha's friends finds, man, this Patrick guy is just weird, right? So she starts kind of wigging out. Then they see the news. And they're like, this is the guy. Well, he starts picking up, you know, hey, they, they know something's on. The one little girl says, hey, I have an interview at the motel. And this is in uh, Owasso. I, I need to go right now. He goes, nobody goes without us. She gets in the truck, Winford Johnson's truck. They load up. They drive to the hotel, motel that she has an interview. She gets in. Bashinsky and Selipak are in the front. They say, call the police. Like, these people are wanted for murder. They're out there. Owasso swarms down. Sure enough, arrests, arrests them. Looks in the back of the truck, and there's the body. I'm in the detective bureau right now. At that point, I'm a captain over the DB. I remember getting a phone call from my secretary. Like, hey, somebody from Owasso is on the phone. that wants you to check something. Okay, I pick it up. They're like, hey, would you send somebody up to this house over in Clow? We think maybe this guy was murdered, and uh, you know, we just want to see if he's anything suspicious. So I call up to my sergeant up there. Jerry Wilhelm is his name. I said, hey, go look around, see if he's anything suspicious. He goes up. He's not calling back. He goes, I'm looking in the front window right now. There's a huge blood spatter right there in the middle of the living room. I said, hold the house. Send two detectives over there. My buddy Mike Tkarczyk, Dave Dwyer, get a full confession from Selipak Bashinsky. They confessed to all three of the murders. This is the crazy part. He, he not only confessed, but he took a plea for all. He pled straight up for the charges because he knew he was evil. And I remember after this whole court trial was over, uh, he couldn't see very well. He was like late 30s, but he couldn't see very well. He, he, he wanted his glasses. So I went up to him right after one of the courts. I said, is there anything you need? And uh, he's like, man, is there any way you can get my glasses? So Dave and I thought, man, that's a good opportunity. So we went and got his glasses out of property. I walk up there. He's on, the, he's on the secretary of the third floor. I can show you that one too. And we walk up there. Now, Dave Dwyer is a veteran veteran detective like he is the number one criminal investigator in the attorney general's office right now this guy is a polygraph he's a confess he's got more confessions than anybody in history he knows what he's doing right so we walk up there and patrick he almost looks like ted bundy you know good to the eye oh. just very appealing blonde big strong guy we give him his glasses he puts it on it was like a whole new level opened up we started talking to him and uh he was so i'm not kidding you <laughs> he was so blank 
Like there was no soul, zero. We gave him his glasses, small talk, closed the door. Dave looks at me, he goes, that is the most evil guy I've ever met in my entire life. Now I look at those situations and I don't have big, like, you know, we have big scare moments when someone's chasing and they jump on you or, you know, you're, you're, you feel like you're going to die. Many times I thought I was going to die in a crash. And, uh, by God's grace, I avoided the crash or I went into the ditch and I didn't crash and get killed. But I look at the scary things that happen in my job or in any police officer's job is you are the, the, the force against evil, like real evil. You know, you talk about somebody, you know, bumping a noise in the backyard. The scariest shift to work on is third shift at three in the morning when it's just you. Back up as far away and you got a call in the out county. I mean, think about people in the rural areas. There's places up in Michigan or in Montana. Your backup's an hour and a half away. Mm -hmm. And you got some crazy psycho there and it's just you. That's that's where the scary part comes in because you're like, listen, it's either them or I and I ain't going down that way. I say all that because... I could go on and on about different scary stories, but the message that I want to say is The Shining is a theatrical example of what really is happening in people's lives. That people do go crazy and people kill people they wouldn't normally kill or kill their family. And you wonder, how does it happen? Because what you see is the end result of all this that started way back here. Subtle signs. It's just like, you know, we talk about people. You could cut an artery and know that you're going to die. Or you can cut a capillary and not realize it. Jeez, that's insane. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just again the difference between real horror and fictional. Yeah, you can look up this guy on Google. You can look this guy up. This Patrick, Patrick Selepak, S E L E P A C, Samantha Bashinsky. Where are they at right now? They're probably in Jackson Penitentiary. I'll order some right now. I'll find out where they are. That's insane. But he was, you said he was blank. There's nothing there. No soul. Zero. Like, like Abu Elazam, there was, there was a feeling, there was emotion there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anger, he, hate. He, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what he is right now, but, but this guy had nothing. Like there was no remorse whatsoever. And you know what? I look at your background. We mentioned that you guys could have easily gone off a different trail, but for whatever reason you had each other. And when you partner up with somebody that's going to hold you up like that, it keeps you from being those people. What, but there's people that don't have a Tony or they don't have Ernesto and, and they go rogue. And as I say all the time, you know, we are good people here having a good time in a basement. But there are people within a half mile of this house that are planning evil. Oh, for sure. They're planning evil. Absolutely. There's people that, that, are, that are practicing the occult. There's people that, that have no love for people, no, no respect for life. They don't care. They don't care about kids. That evil is all around us. That's why the movie Ghost is like the best example of like those spirits are there and you don't realize it until you see mm-hmm. them. We love that movie. Yeah. That movie's incredible. That, we talked about that, that visual that he puts with those dark shadows. That's that was scary. Our, that was one of our earliest thoughts of good and evil. And even though we weren't, didn't go to church, had no kind of religious background, we thought evil's bad and good is good. There's the dude. I got to see this. The, and that's her? Yeah. And together they did this. Yeah. And they just met at a bar? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, online, and they, they hooked up online. They became friends, and he turned her into a, a murderer, a killer. You know? 
I could have gone on and on in the details. Yeah, this was about like a two a weeks. Yeah, he looks like a guy on a tour highway bar. Yeah, I mean, he just look at that. But look at that. Do you think there's any remorse in that look? No, he zero. Don't care. He don't care. Doesn't have a care. We always say that the most dangerous inmate in a jail is the one who has no hope, because there's they have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Holy that is insane, dude. So wow. there's three things for you to investigate: the Reed House Hotel, room 311. I was there. Elias Abuelazam and Patrick Selipak, Samantha Bashinsky. That's my contribution to Red Rum Theater. Jeez. That's crazy. So next month of November, here's what we got for our vote. In two weeks, we're putting up on in the next few days. The this vote. one's unfair. I, I, dude, I, I know I'm voting for. Of course. It's, but it's two incredible movies. It's two incredible movies. In, in honor of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood being one of the best movies of the summer, we're doing a Quentin Tarantino vote. It's Pulp Fiction versus Kill Bill. No, are we gonna are we gonna say one and two or just one Kill Bill? We're doing as one big piece okay, together. Yeah, you have to. So it's Pulp Fiction versus oh, the Kill Bill epic. Dang. And after that's over, we got a great surprise for the end of the month. So our for, for vote, it's Quintino Willy Wonka versus Kill. Or sorry, oh dang it! <laughs> You're so I just stupid. gave away the surprise. After the Quintino, we're doing Gene Wilder's classic. <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate it's Factory. So stupid, <laughs> I got a golden ticket. Okay, but um, stinking. I so- want a pony. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't like we, the, the the second one has the greatest line in it. Ooh, she is a bad nut. <laughs> it's great. I can't believe well, we'll you talk love about that all one. that then. Okay, listen. Listen to the podcast on the iTunes Podcast Store or on Spotify, or it's now on Google's Podcast Store, dude, which is awesome. I didn't know Google had one. Uh, No one does, but it it does Ah. have one if you want to use it. Um, Like the show, you leave a review on iTunes. Follow the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash redroomthetray. As always, I'm Ernesto. And I'm Antonio. And this guy. Chris Swanson. Ah. And we'll see you next time at the Red Room Theater.